Gonzaga Wings Steel Venters is out for the season with a knee injury suffered in practice, a devastating blow for the Ellensburg native. For the Zags, well, it's now time for Dusty Stromer to shine. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on y'all welcome to the locked on zags podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day i'm your host and longtime from zaga podcaster andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things zag athletics today's episode of locked on zags is brought to you by prize picks folks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college use that promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to 100 dollars prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy all right, folks, a little peek behind the curtain here. I had previously recorded an episode here for Thursday discussing the Yale Bulldogs, previewing who Yale is. A second segment was five things to watch, including an update about Steel Venters, how he might perform in said game. That content, minus the Steel Venters part, will now be pushed to Friday's episode. So if you are looking for a preview of the Yale game, I've my plan this year was to have those preview episodes come out a day before the game. Of course, we're not even into the first regular season game of the year, and already that is not able to happen as I had to scrap that episode and pull it down after it was already scheduled to go live because of this very depressing update about Steel Venters. So today we'll talk Steel Venters here in the first segment. We'll talk Dusty Stromer and how the Zags are going to replace Steel Venters in the second segment. We'll close it out with what was previously recorded for yesterday, an update about a Gonzaga recruit, Victorious Miller, who the Zags are pursuing, as well as an update on the Lady Zags and their game on Thursday evening against Washington State. That'll be today's show. Friday, we will get into that Yale preview, the five things that I'll be watching for as well. But... It's a breaking news industry, so we had to switch things up today because, unfortunately, of an update from Jeff Goodman of The Messenger on Wednesday evening that Steel Venters, the former Big Sky Player of the Year, Ellensburg, Washington native, and starting small forward for the Gonzaga Bulldogs heading into the 23-24 season, he's out for the year. We didn't get a lot of updates as to the uh, specifics regarding the injury, at least not as of this recording on Thursday morning. Uh, but it, the report is that he is not going to play this year. He will, of course, redshirt. He will be able to return for the 2024-25 season. He will then, if he wants to, be able to return for the 2025-26 season. He has two years of eligibility. Remaining this year will not count because he will not suit up for Gonzaga at all this year. Again, the preseason games don't impact his ability to medically redshirt. So assuming that the report is accurate, that he is not going to play this year, then that is going to be the situation for Steele going forward. First and foremost, I feel awful for this young man. Steele Venters is a, a central Washington. Uh, he's from central Washington. He grew up in central Washington. Again, he went to Ellensburg high school, went to Eastern Washington out of, out of high school. So from the, or played in the Cheney area and he always wanted to play at Gonzaga. And he kind of just scratched the surface of getting the opportunity to do so. Again, he will be back. His his aspirations of playing 
in a Gonzaga uniform during the regular season are just going to have to wait a year, which to have this happen so close to the start of the season is of course devastating for Gonzaga. And we will get into that. We will get into, you know, what this means for their lineup, for their depth, uh, a team that already had a few open scholarship spots that has just dealt with massive amounts of roster change. I mean, I thought we were done when the Zags added a player in late September, which was still insanely late in early September. Gonzaga's roster didn't have Luka Krinovich. It still had Marcus Adams Jr. Uh, and did not have Pavel Stosic. It had a healthy Steel Venters. That amount of things to change from the school year starting until now is just unprecedented. It has been the longest offseason in Gonzaga basketball history that I can remember in terms of constant barrages of updates and news and things changing. And I should have known we should have expected that Gonzaga not starting the regular season until a couple days late was going to even longer extend the offseason. And here we are still talking about lineup changes and adjustments that Gonzaga is going to need to make before the season starts, even though basically every other team in college basketball has already started the season. Of course, still getting hurt doesn't have anything specifically to do with Gonzaga not starting the season on Monday, November 6th, like many other teams did. It is just a horrifically unfortunate situation that happened to occur. Again, we don't know a lot of details as to what happened to Steele in practice. Steele hadn't looked particularly great in the preseason games. In fact, if you for, for, for folks who listened to Mailbag Monday episodes, who've listened to repeated episodes throughout the last couple of weeks, kind of previewing the lineup, the projections there, there was a lot of conversation about how long Steele would hold on to the starting spot, would Dusty Stromer replace him, et cetera, et cetera. And I think my argument continued to be, and, and unfortunately it is not particularly relevant anymore, that Steele fit the starting lineup better than Dusty Stromer because Steele offered more floor spacing. Dusty's not a projected to be a, a knockdown outside shooter, certainly not the way that, that Steele was. And I think having more room to operate in a starting lineup gate would, would be better for Graham Ike. It would be better for Ryan Nemhart in the two-man game between him and Ike or him and Watson. Uh, and Venters being able to space the floor, pull defenders away from the middle of the court, make backdoor cuts, which is how he scored in the Lewis Clark State exhibition game, I think fit better. And, and Mark Few loves to bring those high energy defender types off the bench like he did with Hunter Salas for a few years. And I think Dusty really fit into that. Come into the game, change the energy, change the dynamic, force the opposing team to do something different because you're in their face defensively, because you offer more a more variety of offensive moves. Steele is a, a really good shooter, but wasn't offering a ton else. Dusty can drive into the lane. He's got that little floater, various other elements to his game. But now Dusty gets to be in the starting lineup. And we'll talk more about what that means uh, for Dusty. But I, I think it creates a, a uniquer dynamic for Gonzaga in a way. But but Steele had never really got that opportunity. We We, we would have seen him grow we would have seen him adjust to his role you know 15 point per game score at eastern washington big sky player of the year and i think we we've seen it with malachi smith we've seen it with even to an extent rasir bolton and, and a handful of other transfers who have have come to gonzaga who it takes a minute to adjust from being your team's number one scoring option to being the third or fourth or fifth option offensively at gonzaga and steel in the starting lineup was fourth or fifth in that situation. I think, you know, you could argue he might've been a 
projected to score more points than Nolan Hickman, maybe. But to be honest, he was the fourth or fifth option offensively. And I think that that was a, a setup that was going to eventually pay dividends for him and for Gonzaga. I think we were going to see Steel Venters be a more proficient scorer, be an efficient knockdown shooter. He just hadn't quite gotten there yet. And I mean, the season hadn't even started. Like that, he, he'd only played in a few preseason games. He had so much time to come around and find that role. And now he doesn't get to. And I just feel for the for the young man who, I mean, again, it's sad for anybody to get injured and not make not be able to play in the regular season. But for somebody who so badly wanted to be here, who committed here basically as soon as he could, who who's had this lifelong goal of getting to play at Gonzaga to get hurt right before the season starts is just is just devastating. We're going to come back in the second segment. We're going to talk about more about what this means for Gonzaga, for Dusty Stromer, who likely steps into the starting lineup. He can't refill the entire role here for Steel Ventures, so who else steps up? We're going to talk about all that after a word from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. Folks, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead you to big payouts like their Taco Tuesday deals. Every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you with even more value. And with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games or college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and they do not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Folks, Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. This is unprecedented in the daily fantasy sports space. Plus, this app is really easy to use. All you got to do is you pick two or more players and you choose more or less with whatever the given stat is. So if you're on the NBA uh, prize picks app and you see Chet Holmgren is over under two and a half blocks, over under 10 and a half rebounds, and you're like, well, he's going to break those numbers tonight. You hit over, he hits over on those numbers, you get money in your pocket. It is literally that simple. So go to prizefix.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash lockdown college. Use the promo code lockdown college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, folks, thank you so much for making Lockdown Zags your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners on YouTube. And of course, shout out to those of you who have joined us in the Discord channel where we're talking about the Steel Venters injury, what it means for the lineups, what it means for Gonzaga. And that's what I want to talk about here in the second segment. Dusty Stromer is most likely going to step into the starting lineup to replace Steel Venters for the season. That is my expectation. That is many others' expectation. That is the likely solution based on how we've seen playing time shake out in the Lewis Clark State exhibition game to an extent in the Baylor exhibition, but we're only going on on a box score there. We didn't see the actual substitution patterns in that exhibition, but the belief is that Steel Venters, excuse me, the belief is that Dusty Strummer will start for Steel Venters. And Strummer has looked better in the preseason. I don't, I don't want to say that this makes Gonzaga better because as I kind of touched on in that first segment, I think that Steele's role might have fit better in the starting lineup. I think Mark Few and the staff had visions of, of him creating a, a floor spacing role 
that would, again, give more room for Ryan Nempard and Graham E.K. to have a two-man game in the middle of the floor because Hickman is a strong three-point shooter. Shermer's, or excuse me, Venter is a strong three-point shooter. You have those guys on the perimeter. It just it forces defenders to not be able to clog the paint as much, gives E.K. more room to operate. That's not to say Dusty Stromer can't capably do that. I don't think defenders are going to completely leave Dusty Stromer alone on the perimeter in that situation. And if they do, hopefully he has the ability to either knock down those open three-point shots, which we just haven't seen from him. Um, I don't I don't want to make it sound like I'm implying that Dusty Stromer is an incapable three-point shooter. I think it's reasonable to assume he won't be as good as Steel Venters would have been because Steel Venters is a career 40-plus percent three-point shooter. But I do think that defenses probably won't honor Dusty as much out there, which will clog the paint a little bit more. Dusty's going to have to make them pay. Easiest way to do that, knock down open threes. But Dusty could also attack closeouts, go to the basket, use that little floater, find shooters, or find uh, attack the basket, kick the ball out to more shooters. Uh, he could try to drive into defenders, get fouled, go to the free throw line. And there are other options for Dusty Stromer if he is being ignored on the perimeter, uh, if he catches a pass that way and can attack in, in some way and make something happen. That is still going to have the same effect where defenders will no longer be as as easily able to kind of shade off of him and, and put more pressure on EK and Nemhard in their two-man game uh, in the middle of the court. So I'm not, I think Dusty Stromer is more than capable of stepping into the starting lineup and having the, the combination of those five players work completely fine. I really do think that that's going to be okay. It's going to be a bit of an adjustment in the sense that in practices and in exhibitions and stuff, Gonzaga has ran with a certain five-man lineup to start the season, and they kind of know what that looks like and how that's going to shake out. And now there's just there's just going to be an adjustment period. And Gonzaga will have to make that adjustment against Yale, a pretty good team. You'll hear a lot more about on Friday's episode of kind of what they do and, and how that, you know, what, what, what kind of pressure they might put on Gonzaga. But Gonzaga will also get that Eastern Oregon game on Tuesday uh, against an NAIA opponent, a team that uh, Gonzaga beat by 78 points last year. So there's not really any mystery about the result in that Tuesday game. And that will be a good opportunity for Gonzaga to potentially experiment with uh, how this starting lineup works with Dusty in it and, and maybe some other lineup options that could kind of emerge around it. Gonzaga doesn't start freshmen all that often. They've started the Jalen Suggses and the Chet Holmgrens of the world, but that's it's pretty unusual for true freshmen to start right away in Spokane. Dusty has earned it. Unfortunately, it's coming because of an injury to steel venters. And I, I was confident that steel would have continued to start because I, again, I think that fit a little bit better, but that's not to say that Dusty is getting thrown in here in a way where he's not prepared or he's not ready, or he's not able to succeed. He will be good. He is good. He is going to play well. There is still going to be an adjustment. And Dusty's still a freshman, so he's there's going to be freshman lumps. He's not going to be a seamless, perfect, you know, he's not Jalen Suggs. And again, that's that's less to do with Dusty and more to do with Jalen. Jalen and Chet were not mistake-free, but like as close to mistake-free as freshmen can get because those two dudes were incredibly talented and polished. Dusty is probably not going to be that. I think he will do some fantastic things, and I think he will – have some issues and, and make some mistakes and, and just be have an adjustment and a learning curve. But this issue is less that Dusty is incapable of replacing steel. I don't think that that's a huge issue. The issue is more that it really hampers Gonzaga's depth outside of that. This was already not a deep Gonzaga team. There's already a roster that 
had only 10 scholarship players that had a bench that of, of players who had almost never played college basketball before outside of Ben Gregg. And, and now that depth is even thinner with steel starting. I think your starting five is the same. Of course, Nemhard Hickman, uh, Nemhard Hickman, Stromer, EK Watson, Ben Gregg, Braden Huff, Luka Krinovich, six, seven, eight. And then I think June Sakio is nine. And that's kind of it. That's kind of your whole rotation right there. So uh, Stromer's the biggest beneficiary in terms of total minutes played for Gonzaga this season. Uh, but I think that Yo is also going to be asked to play a bigger role. And this is where it gets a little interesting. I'm not, there's, there's a couple different options that Gonzaga could explore. June Sakio taking on a bigger role in the rotation as the backup small forward. Luka Krinovich taking on a bigger role in potential three guard lineups. And then Anton Watson potentially playing the three. Those, to me, are the few different options that Gonzaga has. Yo is the more obvious fit in the sense that he is the, – the Zags projected to be a small forward. He plays the small forward role. So him playing more minutes at the small forward makes sense because the, the, the player they're losing is a small forward. But Yo also doesn't look like he's quite ready for a, a consistent full-time role. And the staff's going to have to make a call there. Is Yo ready to come in and play 11 to 12 minutes per night – even against the better teams. And they have to determine if they think he is. My guess is they're they're not there with him yet. And that in games that Gonzaga wins more handily or is expected to win more handily, that maybe we see his minutes come up a little bit because they need the healthy bodies playing minutes just because they don't have as much depth as they need. But I think that in big games, I, I don't think we see a lot more of Yo. I think it's more likely in those games we would see more of Krinovich. Krinovich comes in, and, and people are saying, "Well, what a, you know? Are they going to really run a three guard lineup with Nemhard, Hickman, and Krinovich? They've done it before. Uh, they did it in the in the team that went to the national championship. Jalen Suggs, Joel Eyi, Andrew Nemhard started. All those guys were six five or under. This particular iteration would be very small. I think Nemhard, Krinovich, and uh, Nemhard, Kranovich, and Hickman, I, I think, are all under 6'3". So it would be pretty small. And you probably wouldn't want to do it all that often. But could you? Yeah, you could. And I think they might I think they might have to, to some extent. I think that you're just going to have to see more small ball lineups because I think the Zags are going to be more confident in Kranovich's ability to play consistent minutes right away for this team than they are with June Sakio. And then that final option, we'll talk more about this on a future episode, could Anton Watson play some three with Ben Gregg, with Braden Huff, potentially being able to space the floor as bigs? We're going to explore that more on Friday's episode, along with that preview of the Yale Bulldogs. So all that's coming up for you on Friday. All right, we're closing out the show today, talking about whether the Zags will be victorious in their pursuit of 2024 four-star guard Victorious Miller. The Lady Zags are 1-0, and they got a big matchup on Thursday. All that coming up after a word from today's sponsor, FanDuel. Folks, score early and often this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, then there is no better time than right now as the college basketball season starts to get in on the action. The app is insanely easy to use, folks. There's a wide range of betting options. You can bet on spreads, on player props, on over-unders, on money line, and more. And right now, if you're feeling spicy, if you're feeling like, hey, this Gonzaga team looks darn good, you can put 
800 to one odds for Gonzaga to be in the final four. 25 bucks, you get 200 bucks and you're celebrating because the Zags are back in that final four. So folks, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the college basketball season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, folks, wrapping up the show today, talking about Gonzaga's pursuit of four-star guard Victorious Miller in the class of 2024. He has listed his top five, and Gonzaga was on the list, along with the G League Ignite, which is where a lot of people have felt that he was leaning, although it sounds like he is kind of more in line with the college route now. Of course, you never know. Uh, The four schools he's listed alongside Gonzaga, or the three schools he's listed alongside Gonzaga would be LSU, USC and Oregon. Miller is a six foot five combo guard from Irvine, California. He played his junior year at Compass Prep in Arizona, one of the top high schools in the country. He's 47th ranked prospect in the class of 2024 at 247 Sports. He's 42nd at On3 and he's 32nd at ESPN. So decent range uh, in terms of where, where the different scouting services value Miller, but a four-star top 50-ish prospect uh, for Miller. Now, Miller has visited LSU. He has visited Oregon. He has visited USC, and he has not visited Gonzaga. Hard to say that that's a good sign for the Bulldogs. Certainly, you'd like the the players that, that are showing interest in your school to have actually been on campus and seen the school and seen the fan base and, and seen all the things that that go along with those kinds of visits. But uh, he has indicated he would like to visit Gonzaga at some point during the 23-24 season. We'll see if that, of course, ends up happening for him. He had a great quote about Gonzaga in an article at On3 speaking to Jamie Shaw, one of their uh, recruiting analysts over there. He said, quote, they get up and down. The guards that they have had there play similarly to me. They put guys in the league and have won a lot. They like my versatility as a big guard. I can play on the ball, the two, the three. I can guard all the perimeter positions and make decisions with the ball. I think Miller is the kind of player that would fit well at Gonzaga, but I do not think he is going to Gonzaga. Nobody else really thinks that he is going to Gonzaga either. On three gave him an 88% chance of going to LSU. That is the expectation for Victorious Miller right now. Most places don't even have Gonzaga in the top five. I think on three ranks like six or seven schools and doesn't even have Gonzaga, even though he listed them. And I know some people, I saw this on our Discord channel, are, are, don't like when players list Gonzaga if they don't really have an intention of going there. And like, we don't know what's going on in Miller's head. Like his quote makes it seem like he is very, at, at least considered Gonzaga. And maybe he's not super serious about it, but it's a good thing to be on these lists. It was a good thing that Asa Newell seriously considered Gonzaga, even if he was probably always going to go to Georgia. It's still a good thing. It's still a good thing for the staff to get that recognition. It's still a good thing uh, for other recruits to see that Gonzaga is is in the mix for these players. Like Nothing is wrong with that. I know it can be frustrating to get hopes up about certain players, but every single team in college basketball has gotten their hopes up about players that don't come to Gonzaga or don't come to their school. It just happens. I wouldn't be holding my breath for Victorious Miller here, but as a player to keep an eye on, because uh, you never know. You never know if Mark Few can swing him here and, and potentially change his mind and get him out to Spokane. Closing out the show today, talking about the Lady Zags. They are 1-0 after a true road victory over Montana 
83 to 70. I love the Lady Zags are going on the road to start out the season. True road game at Montana. They got a true road game at Washington State uh, this evening, depending when you're listening to the show on Thursday, November 9th. Uh, the Zags led 24 to 14 after the first quarter against Montana, but only scored eight points in the second quarter and had to claw and fight to get back into this thing. But they dropped 51 points in the second half, helped keep that Grizzlies team at bay. Four double figures, four Zags and double figures uh, for Gonzaga. Kaylin Trung had 19.6 assists. Fantastic performance from her. Uh, her sister Kaylee had 11.6 boards, two assists, having the Trung twins back in action. Man. It is so good to see both of them on the floor at the same time doing work as we expect them to do. Bonnie Ejim had 17 points, eight boards, five assists, and two blocks on an insanely efficient 7 of 12 from the field. She is on the warpath to be your WCC player of the year, maybe even sneak into some mid-major award conversations. Heck, why not sneak into that All-American conversation as well? 17 and 8 is going to get you some plenty of attention if she can put up numbers similar to that. Throughout the season, Eliza Hollingsworth comes back and has 16 and 9 as well. Team shot about 39% from three. And this was despite Brenna Maxwell, one of the best three-point shooters in the entire country last year. Brenna went one of seven in this game. The rest of Gonzaga's team went eight of 16. Clear 50% on the dot for the rest of Gonzaga shooters. If the if the non-Brenna Maxwell players on this team are going to shoot 50% from three, there ain't nobody who's going to be beating Lisa Fortier's team. We'll see how they look tonight against Washington State on the road against the Cougars. Wazoo is 24th in the country. We're two games into the year, and the Lady Zags have an opportunity to pick up a true road victory against a ranked team. Fortier went out and said, we're not dealing with the crap that we dealt with last year when the committee did not value our wins in the WCC. We had some good non-conference wins. We had a few bad losses, and they gave us a nine seed. Fortier said, "Uh uh-uh. BYU's out of the WCC. I do not want to deal with that again. So she went out and scheduled the toughest non-conference that they were capable of putting together, starting with this road game against Wazoo. If the Lady Zags can come out and win this one in Pullman, Washington, uh, there's A, there's a chance they'll end up in the rankings. They'll be 2-0. They'll have beaten a ranked team. They got a lot of votes last week. There's a chance that they are a top 25 team by next week, even if they lose this game. It's not necessarily a bad loss. It's still a quality opponent for Gonzaga. So love that 48's team's got this tough schedule. Really excited to see how this game shakes out for the Lady Zags on Thursday evening. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us up for today here on the Locked On Zags podcast. We'll be back on Friday with another final player preview episode uh, as we get right into the start of the season. So if you're looking for that opportunity to get that final player preview done and dusted before we get into the regular season check it out on friday's show join us on the discord channel if you have not done so yet thank you so much for listening and until next time as always go zags